Well, welcome back to another episode of The Miles Driven with me, Miles. And as always, a woefully unprepared Sam. Excellent. That your whole intro, is it? Well, I am nothing if not honest. No, that's fair enough. So this is the first of us just doing them on Tuesdays. Ah, just, well, just, I hope just you enjoyed your weekend, guys. Yeah. Well, they would have got that one, uh, they would have got Saturday. Well, I still hope they enjoyed their weekend. Oh, yeah, either way, yeah. But yeah, this is this is our new regime for, for now, is Tuesdays, just so everyone knows. Yeah. Uh, and for then, our summer hiatus yes so that that's not say. really a hiatus because we're still here yeah we're just less here less the summer of sam is continuing yes exactly that the summer of sam festival yeah uh three <laughs> <laughs> three bits of car news for you to well Ooh. one of them for us to debate actually because i think we'll have the same um opinion of it but i'd like to get your take on it sam uh, very good which is Car subscriptions. Now, we're not talking about paying a monthly figure to have a car on a subscription and then say give it back after 12 months. I'm not talking about that. Right. So, just to be clear for everyone, because that has come up, if you search car subscription on Google, mm-hmm. that's the first thing that will come up. Right. We are not talking about that where you pay, say, X amount per month and you're given a car on a subscription for, say, 12 months and then you just give it back. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is subscribing to features within a car right it's a no from me yeah i thought it would be (laughs) but anyway um so there's a couple of manufacturers and i will name them in a second but just to explain what it is for people that aren't haven't heard of this or aren't too aware of it funny enough for me i thought quite a few people were aware of it right spoke to someone who has is about halfway through a lease on a bmw Mm -hmm. and it's going to be coming up to renewing it in sort of a year and a half's time and I sort of made a very flippant comment about this. Yeah. And they were like, what? No way. That would be outrageous. And I was like, that's... Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We'll, we'll come on to it. So what we're talking about is, is features. Navigation, heated seats. Right. So optional extras. Optional extras that you have to pay for. Right. And but you've always had to pay for them. You've always had to pay for them. So, yeah. you, you know, you want to specify... You walk into a dealership to buy a new car and you say... Okay, I want the sport model. Yeah. And I want to have leather, heated seats, and big wheels. Yeah. So the salesman says to you, okay, it's, you know, I say, let's, let's just round it off £2,000 for all those extras in. So you'll pay £2,000 more for the car. Yeah. And there's your car with the extras fitted. Yeah. And I would say, thank you very much, sir. I shall take that and off yeah. I go. So now what we're talking about is that you walk in and you say, I want that same sport car. Yeah. But I would like to have the. Big wheels. Well, that's not a subscription. So that's fine. You get your, you get your wheels. Yeah. And then you would say, you know, I want uh, leather. Okay. And nav. And navigation. Mm-hmm. And they say, yeah, the navigation is three years free. Right. And then after that, you have to pay a yearly subscription. Otherwise, you have not an updated, an out-of-date system. You have no navigation at all. So the two companies, I'll name them. The first one, maybe not such a surprise because of where they're origins are but it's tesla right who want to bring in a subscription service after eight years the navigation in the car is no longer free and because you can't pair the current generation of teslas up to certain smartphone apps mm-hmm. it would mean that you have no navigation in the car right so although you've got this big screen and you would still have your and there's other things they're talking about like autopilot while autopilot is kind of already a subscription okay so you have the feature built into the car. Yeah. And you have to pay for the feature to be fitted. Yeah. 
then you have to pay a subscription if you don't buy the car brand new. So you go out and look for, a, let's say, you know, you want a Tesla, but you, you don't have £80,000 to buy one. So you do what most people do who don't have the money to buy it new. You wait for a few years, a few yeah. years, a few years, and then they become affordable for you on the used market. You go out and buy one, and someone then says, oh, well, it has all these features. However, you not only need to pay, if they say, if you're financing it, your finance figure and everything else, that's all separate. Yeah. You have to pay Tesla directly if you want access to the navigation. And the other company are doing this, BMW, who want to wow. fit their cars with the hardware of heated seats mm -hmm. and then charge the monthly subscription for you to have access to them. That's just abhorrently ridiculous. So you know where they've got the idea from is, is phones. Yeah. And, you know, like, for example, Apple Music is a monthly subscription. Yeah, yeah. But that, um, you know, that's that's fair enough. That sort of makes sense because it's always been that way. Yeah, but it's, but it's because they've ring fenced it. So, for example, you have a Samsung. Mm -hmm. I have an Apple. So you, I don't know what your what app do you use for your music. Deezer. Deezer. Okay, but you could use a couple. But mm -hmm. effectively, so you could use Spotify, Deezer. I mean, and I could use the same. However, the promotion from when I bought my phone is um, twelve months free Apple Music. Yeah, or something like that. That gets me in, and then I get a reminder, and then I get a reminder constantly that. Well, at that, at that point, they have got you, because all your music is on there. Yes. So what are you going to do? Start again? Yeah. Like, no, you're not going to. No, you? especially if you've created a few playlists and whatever yeah. else. The same... Even you wouldn't start again. No. <laughs> and the same for um, they do it with iCloud Space, and this will be the same for both Android and for Apple. But Apple, a little bit worse because you can't expand the memory of the phone you have. Yes, whereas I could just put a... You could put a large yeah. uh, memory card. But then again, you've got to pay, you know, 50 quid for a, for a very yeah, yeah. large memory card. So it's not free either way. No. Um, whereas the Apple thing kind of sells you on the idea of, well, the cloud is kind of free for a very small amount of um, backup. Yeah. But realistically, because pictures and movies and everything that you do with your phone takes such a large amount of memory now because the software's got so much better, the mm -hmm. hardware's got better, you'll blow through the free barrier very, very quickly. Yeah. And then you'll go into another tier and another tier and another tier. So that's where I can see what's happened. They've had the the boardroom meeting. Yeah. And they said, how can we squeeze more profit for our company out of customers? And someone has said, well, you know, we can't get any more out of people on the nose, if you like. So on the, on the front door yeah. when someone buys it new, because we already charge for the extras and we don't want to get involved in um, someone, you know, one company, for example, Toyota might just go, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. And then you're going to lose loads Good. of customers. Like, for example, Lexus would mm -hmm. say, yeah, we're not doing subscriptions. And then BMW customers go, well, it's not only that I, I want a prestige badge, but I'm not going to be charged, say, £50 a month. No, exactly. Extra to have the features working. And so they might lose them. So they're not going to do it for new customers a lot of the time. The new customer first three years you know the, the manufacturers have been wise enough to sort of go mm, we're, we're already getting quite a lot of money out of those people yeah but where can we monetize further down the chain and they're looking at then what about used cars because we already make money from financing used cars from dealerships yep but what about when they and i'm going to put this in inverted commas i know you're going to see it but um or air quotes i should mm -hmm. say sorry uh, when they age out so that's when a manufacturer says 
we assume this car's dead. Yeah. Which is eight to 12 years. Now, we know most people can keep a car going much longer than that. Mm -hmm. But a manufacturer, because they don't generally see them serviced any longer than that. Yes. They just assume it's in the never-never somewhere. Yeah. They're looking for ways. How can they get money out of those people? Bearing in mind that, that even luxury cars at this point are pretty heavily discounted. Not in the best shape, some of them. They're trying to find ways to keep monetization. And they've looked at smartphones and gone, well, you know, I, I generally keep my phones quite a long time. I know you do, yeah. Sam. So you don't have the latest Samsung, I don't think. No. I don't have the latest iPhone. But we still pay into that sort of ring-fenced yeah. area for things that we may want mm -hmm. to the manufacturer because we can do software updates. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's where this sort of idea has come from. Now, I mean, it's utterly ridiculous. Yeah, it, there's, there's two elements to it. I find, I find it's a bit, it's a bit ridiculous on the on the nose of it of just saying, hold on a minute, you're wanting to charge people to use an optional extra that you charged for. Yeah, it's almost like if you're buying second hand telly. Yeah, you the you don't you buy it off the person yeah. that you buy it from. So for example, the TV that we're currently looking at in your spare room. Yeah, that you bought off someone. Yeah. But then Samsung messaging you saying, oh, we see you've just bought our, our tele TV that was five, six years old. Do you want to use it? Yes, this is exactly And you're like, right. oh, yeah, I was thinking about just plugging the Xbox into it. Oh, right. Sorry. If you want to use the Pixels, yeah, you have to pay a subscription great. for the Pixels. Yeah. Or, and you can have low resolution or higher resolution, yeah. or you can have super resolution. And you or, know it's all there. My... my um, the people that built my house contacted me and said, oh, we've seen you've um, bought this house from someone. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Did you want to use the upstairs? Yeah. Oh, well, I was thinking about sometimes having a shower, maybe yeah. sleeping <laughs> yeah. and probably accessing my clothes. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. We'll see the downstairs is free. So you can yeah. use your kitchen, you can yeah. use your living room and you can use the garden. However, if you want to use the upstairs, so if you want to shower, go to the toilet, Although I'd have them because I've got a downstairs toilet. Yeah, you have. You've got them there. If you want to use Showering your Showering in the sink. Yeah. <laughs> Sleeping on the sofa. Yeah. If you want to use your bed. Yeah. Um, access any of the bedrooms where you store your clothes. So if you don't want to go out naked. And also <laughs> if you want to use your garage. That's yes. a monthly subscription. Yeah. Do you know what? It's a great, the garage is a great one. If they said, you bought, bought the house and the property and everything yeah. with it. But we charge a garage fee. Yeah. So you, you can have the garage key. Yes. But it won't be programmed to work. No. The door won't open. No. Unless so you pay the subscription. You can look at it. We'll let you put your stuff in there. We built the garage. The garage is built. We've <laughs> given you access on moving day. You've put all your stuff in the garage. Yeah. However, if you now want to access all your stuff, yeah. so if you want to cut your grass yes, or paint your fence. Every time you want to cut your grass, you need to pay £3 to access yeah. your garage or leave For your it own stuff to rust. that you own. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good analogy. It's just, so. I've been thinking of that since you said it, because it's been making, it's, it's to me, and everyone listening is going, well, <laughs> yeah, that's just stupid. Obviously, that's never going to happen. But if I'd have said to you, Five years ago, ten years ago, oh, you can buy second-hand cars, but manufacturers are going to charge you to use some of the features that come with the car that you've bought. So you've bought a nice second-hand BMW. It's got heated seats. It's got sat nav. But BMW want you to pay to use the heated seats or the sat nav that's in the car that you've just bought. You'd go, don't be stupid, you yeah. absolute tool. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good point because and, and it goes back to this. So I sit here and say, what is next? People charge you to use your own garage, but. Uh, there was a there was a you movement know. years well I say a movement there was a there was there's been a lot of economic studies that I won't go into for our podcast but there was a basic quote which gets I'd say misquoted a lot of the time because they don't quote the whole thing which was you'll own nothing and be happy mm -hmm. and the the whole idea is that 
if we could be moved completely onto non-ownership, yeah, that the average people would be happier, according to some studies. Right. Now, I know studies in economics that says uh, no one should own a home. Because on the face of it, if everyone rented and you could just swap homes with people, you would never be stuck by you having the skills for one job but not being able to go to where the job was needed. For example, True. for what you do, yeah. let's say uh, your favourite football team mm-hmm. said to you, Sam, we can, uh, we'll offer you a job. It's the same money as you're on now. Yeah. Now you would go, well, I can't afford to live in the local area yeah. of where your ground is for that, but I could afford to live in my house, but I would have to commute a huge amount of time, cost a lot of money, you couldn't do it. Yeah. If all houses just paid a flat rental fee, yeah. And it was just you had to work within X um, sort of space of yeah. where your house was. And you just swapped. Mm-hmm. And someone gave you that opportunity. You may well say, wow, I get, you know, I'll, I'll take it. Because it's going yeah, to be the same rental for you, same size house. But this is a brilliant bit of theory. Well, it would, but it would involve living in a world where, unfortunately, and it, you know, it sounds very demoralizing, but I mean, I've defy anyone to argue with me yeah we'd have to live in a world where money isn't the root of all evil yeah well you'd have to but it is the the world if we could live in a world where money didn't speak volumes and get you places that other people couldn't get then that would be great but unfortunately that's never going to happen from here no because there's people always want to be individualistic that's well, where yeah, the, problem... the the rich will always want to be separate yeah. to the people that and aren't rich. The trouble is, is that everyone wants to try and um, differentiate themselves in one way or another. That's why yeah. BMW exists as a car company because someone mm-hmm. says, "I want to buy a Ford," and someone says, "I want to have a badge that says I have something more prestigious than you," that yeah. possibly says to certain members of society that I'm doing well. You know, other people just go, "Well, no," because but at a certain but... point, we've got there's got to be a line where you don't then tread on the the everybody is using that bottom rung to get themselves higher. Yeah. And the people that can't get above the bottom rung are just constantly getting trodden on because they're the people that will be buying these cars. These used cars, Because the people that can afford to pay for the subscriptions will just be buying a new car. And so they won't have to pay. It's the So why why are we constantly pounding on the people that are are the lowest few rungs of the ladder? I think it's it's a really good... um, And it's a much better question. And I don't like politics or economics. No. And it's and it's not to take it too far down that route, but I think it's a good point that they've basically these companies have looked at their business models and said, "Well, we've got wealthy. I mean, wealthier clientele. If you're yeah, out of there course. and you say I can afford a brand new, very well specified BMW, yeah, or Tesla, or a Tesla, yeah, you, you're doing okay for yourself. Okay, if you can walk into the showroom, of course and you do are. That. Yeah. Now they've sort of decided, well, that customer, we're already getting so much money out of them." That we don't want to risk losing them. Yes, and because it's worth something to them. They don't, yes. and they're not bothered about the people that. Are... No, because they don't want. So, like when I sold cars, you never yeah. let someone walk out the dealership for ten pounds unless you're Mazda currently, in which case you go there to try and sort out a deal, and they just offer free floor mats. So yeah. You do let them walk out for ten pounds. <laughs> yeah. But aside from that story, yeah. but you would never let someone walk out the dealership for ten pounds if it, if it if it came down to it. You know, they were really set on having a full tank of fuel, for example. Yeah. And you went, it's going to cost, I don't know, £60 to fill up the tank. The deal is a £25,000 car. Yeah, we, we can work this out. Yeah, yeah we, We'd just do it. Mm-hmm. If, if it was a point of walking out, we'd, we, if, it, if it had been negotiated and it was a bit like there's not too much left to give, but if they were on their feet ready to leave, yeah. you don't let them walk out for that. So they're not willing to do that to 
their newer customers. So to then try and monetize things to customers that, like I really didn't, what I really didn't like about Tesla's one is they clearly have said, well, eight years, we age out the car. So we just say, we're not interested anymore. Let's try and suck some money out. Because eight years is, especially for an electric car at the moment. It is, but for a company that is all about the, the green future and protecting the planet, mm. what do they think is going to happen to this car after eight years? It just goes in the bin. Yeah. So is that an economical way to run no, a not. business? No, it's not. And the, the whole thing with If you did that with your house. What, just recycle it every eight years? Well, uh, this, the, you know, the, 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 <laughs> when you buy a bar. new house, well, I don't know if you, I'm assuming you do know, but when you buy a yeah. new house, it's covered under, I can't remember what the letters are, but you get 10 years, basically, where you can go back. If there's any structural problems or major issues, yeah, I can't it's coming out, it's like are. NCB or something, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. But so if they said after 10 years, every house manufacturer is like, after 10 years, we just expect that the house doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, we just expect it's fallen over. Yeah, we expect that it's been, you know, yeah. flattened, everything's been recycled and a new house has been built on the plot. Yeah. I know it sounds ridiculous, but again, and we're not bashing these companies, well, we are a little bit, but it's it's ju- it's two... the general worldwide way that things are run. Yeah. Are they they're just that everyone all these big companies preach about we want to be green, we want to better the environment, we're all economical, we do this, we do that, we do that. But all you're saying is that oh my product lasts for this long and then it just goes in the bin. And then it's somebody else's problem to deal with to get rid of. Yeah. And that's that's where actually the second part of this goes to. And I think it's a good, very good point, Sam, because We've picked out two car companies that are have they've been vocal about this. Yeah, yeah. That's why we've picked on them. That's not to say Mercedes aren't thinking about it. Or oh yeah, I mean there'd be plenty Ford of others that are going to do it. Obviously. It. Yeah, I think particularly. So the one issue I had with it is I was like, yeah, do you know Apple tried this originally? Yeah, and that's why everyone's heard of a jailbroken iPhone. Yeah, I was going to ask you the question of so, how how do we then? So what the idea behind this is that the cars will be so interconnected if you like by that point legally and this is why car companies are happy to sign up to some of the legal sort of restrictions yeah because that means they can put more and more controls into the car so you can't at the minute for example that makes them like a network yes and so if you disable yours so that it can be jailbroken and you can just get the heated seats to work yours won't function in another way and then it's going to fail an mot or it's illegal in some way and they'll deliberately structure it so that if you try now that's not to say and what i what the the thing about this that makes me feel very happy is i've seen how incredible the aftermarket industry is yeah yeah of course and if you tell someone there is money to be made in finding a way around a problem oh somebody will find a way around someone will the trouble is you've lost your warranty yeah Yeah. and i know uh, and you're not part of the hive mind that they want you to be part of for the car and you've got to look and go and do it and to be honest, you and I might, because we know that, you know, if you go take your car to a reputable uh, place that will remap the engine, that it shouldn't be at any greater risk. But will that, there'll, but, be a, there'll be a way that these companies will then be able to access that that car's been changed. This already, and then they'll come find that car and then that person will get prosecuted for doing it. Something like that. Yeah. Or like at the moment, if you take your car in for uh, Audi and Volkswagen a few years ago, they got sick of having warranty claims for cars that were clearly remapped to an extreme standard yeah. and blowing their turbos. So they can log a number. So basically, it, when they plug the OBD in mm-hmm. for, at the service, if it's ever been, uh, I say modified, but if it's ever been used outside of a VW service center, they can tell and they just put a marker on that car. Oh, okay. And that's it. If you then go to the dealer and say, oh, well, I've 
I've got an issue with the turbo. They go, sorry, so you've got a marker on your car. It's been remapped. Now, you could be the second owner. Yeah. Claiming... But what, even if it's been serviced somewhere else and they've just plugged one of these no. things in, or so does it this... have to have been changed in some way? This is where they got into trouble because, of course, yeah, like you say, another place could service it. Yeah. And in the EU, there is a law that says as long as they use manufacturer-specified parts for the yeah. servicing, that you keep your manufacturer warranty. Yeah. Now... They would then reset, for example, the service mm -hmm. using. But there is a, they can tell by the parameters of what, for example, to get more boost from a car, you would generally raise the bar of pressure. Yeah, so they can tell if that's been done. As they can tell if has that turbo or... ever run, like just the OBD check will run a, a load of parameters. Mm -hmm. Has the turbo ever span at this or run with this pressure? If it ever has, then it's worked outside of our mapping. I mean, I guess that's, I, I guess that's fair. That's fair because they're offering They've you a warranty. Yeah, and they're offering you a warranty yeah. on their work. If you go and get someone else to go and mess around with it. Yeah. But well, just interesting as a side note, we've had this before with, I know one of my ex-colleagues listens to this podcast and I don't know if he actually knows, but we had brand new lawnmowers many years ago now I'm talking. But okay. the, when, I won't go into too much detail and bore people. Basically, there's a spring that controls the revs did you tell me about this at the time? Possibly. Yeah. But when the mower starts to bog down a little bit, you can basically tighten that spring. Yes. So you basically just mani you manipulate the spring and you warp yeah, it a like little a bit. it's like a tensioner, isn't it? Which tightens it a little yeah. bit. And then the mower will rev higher and yeah, then yeah. it'll run better. Yeah. Not good for the engine, obviously, because it's running above the emissions. The reason they set at the speed they are is, is for emissions. emissions. Oh, interesting. So they pass because they're American engines on these. Okay. Um, and to pass the emissions, they have to run at a certain rev. Yeah. But they will work better and pick up better and move a little bit faster if you change this spring. Excuse me. <coughs> but we had an issue with one of the mowers. And the chap that we used to use from our, our supplier came out and looked at it. And he saw the spring and said to me, I can't take this back. He wasn't, he wasn't no. asking about it. But he said, I can't take this back because the spring's been changed. If you want, it was a completely separate problem. Yeah. He said, if you can change the spring if it, for if one it of the springs that again. looks... Because basically to do it, you'd have to sort of bend the spring yeah. and wrap it around itself. Yeah. If, you could, if you've got another spring and just put that on it, I can take it back. So, Which we did, and it was fine. Yeah. But it's similar to what you're saying with the, the sensor thing. Uh, and this is exactly why that was brought in, because VW dealers, for example... This happened to loads of manufacturers, yeah. but I'm just going to pick Volkswagen. They didn't mind if their customer came in who bought a car from them mm -hmm. and said, I've blown my turbo after two years, I want a warranty claim because the dealer gets paid by the manufacturer yeah. for the warranty work. So in f for their point of view, they don't want to catch the customer out because A, they sold them a car and they want to keep selling them cars. So they want yeah. to keep a, a friendly, happy relationship. Mm -hmm. So not in their interest to say, you're not having that. You, we know you've tuned it. They're just going to go, all right, we'll send it off to Volkswagen head office. Yeah. Volkswagen head office go, we've failed a turbo will pay the dealer, send them a part, and we'll pay them with the labour. So yeah. now you've got a guy on, you know, you, your mechanic. It's a, it's a win-win for everyone except the, the, manufacturer. the manufacturer, but they're making so much money, it doesn't really matter so much to this, them. This is why it was, I say, it went both ways. But that you could understand why Volkswagen were like, we know our turbo shouldn't be blowing like yeah. this, or we know we shouldn't have injectors, you know, and all these sort of stuff mm -hmm. issues. So anyway, the, that's now going to be evolved and evolved and evolved. And to the point where they'll sort of say, okay, this car's interconnected. So if you mess around with it, because I can't really see how you can disable 
a heated seat because it's a wire running to a plug around the back which then connects to the switch yeah so yeah. You, as you press the switch because it's usually got three phase yeah, yeah so you'll have you know a lighter cooled seat a medium I mean, there's a pretty simple way you could insert you could do it just, be, you just have a switch that connects to the ecu yeah or you but, just put a, a wire into against the hazard light switch so that if the hazard lights no, i mean for the manufacturer they'd be able to put a, a wire in that that then connects the ecu somehow yeah well they already do yeah so Which they then can, means that they could then turn it off yeah. i guess and so that then you've got now at the minute right at today they can't do that because the only thing they're really connected into is the software of say navigation things like that yeah they but can't when they have to access the speed limiters and yeah and this is why at the minute people say oh it's great i've got for example tesla uh, but ford are, are very similar and i can get an over-the-air update done on my car yeah i don't have to take it to the service center what people don't see as because the downside is a great thing now isn't it? no it's great yeah it doesn't we... inconvenience your day at all no you can just have this update done but you don't realize that that means they have to have control of a lot of parameters of your yeah. car now the problem going on to it, and it depends on your personal beliefs, your personal desire for life. Like mm-hmm. I want to own things. Like yeah. as in, if I buy a car and it's mine and I I've paid it off and I can look at it and say, I own that. Like you know, I can sell it if I want. Yeah, but like, it's my property. If I want to chuck a bucket of paint on the roof, of it, yeah, I can do. Yeah, I worked hard to have it. I've I've had cars on finance, and the one thing that I always didn't really like is I I kind of couldn't get past the feeling of. Until it's paid off, it's not really mine. Yeah. Okay, I pay it, but if I don't pay it one month, someone's going to take it away from me. Yeah. Once you've got a car and you've paid it off, no, I mean, unless you have other financial issues, no one's coming to take this car away from you. No, a bit like with mine. If if mine was to blow up, yeah, it would be very annoying because I still got to get to work yes. the next day. But at the end of the day, I haven't got to call someone and go, oh, the car's broken. I don't know how I'm going to finish paying this off. I'll just go, right, I now just need to find money to buy a car. Yeah. And so there's there's a stress to that. You think if, you know, let's just say as you're working and you're earning money and, you know, you're, you're saving for whatever holidays or whatever yeah. else. And then... Or to pay off a wedding. Yes. <laughs> but if your car right now, you were driving home and it went bang. Yeah. And you pulled over and, you know, I came up and we had a look at it and I said, Sam, you've got a hole in the side of the block. Yeah. Pretty much a write-off. Yeah. From yeah. the point of view that of car's fixing. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's now a case of uh, take it to a scrapper's and then or part it out yeah but you wouldn't now if you owed twenty five thousand pounds on that car you have only really one option which is to fix it yeah you could try and claim an insurance but you know insurance aren't going to pay out for a blown engine no. they're not going to pay out for the car it's no, a mechanical not, item no. uh now that then leaves you with two options you can be a very dodgy person who tries to then burn their car and get yourself arrested yeah for insurance fraud <laughs> yeah. which it would be moronic we really yeah. would not suggest you do that <laughs> yeah. but people have tried yeah and unfortunately people that try and do that generally aren't thinking too far ahead in life no and they don't realize that because of social media and all the ex- all the way we expose ourselves insurance companies are not idiots no of course not and there was a guy just as a very funny example there was a guy who claimed you know you can get all the holiday insurances and you know if you get sick and blah blah you mm-hmm. can have this that and the other so he basically claimed back the cost of his holiday and some compensation for getting sick whilst on holiday. Yeah. Insurance thought, well, you know, he's gone to an all-inclusive resort, which we don't get many. We don't get yeah. many. Um, we're fairly. The reason from. we offer this is because we're fairly fairly sure confident about the quality but of their food. It can it can happen. Well, of course it can. Yeah. But they just did 
the and I, people probably don't know that this exists, but this is quite a big part of insurance now. Is they'll have teams that go and look at this person's life. Yeah, go and look on their social media. Okay, the guy had two weeks of photos of him enjoying every day of his holiday out on the beach, surfing, doing this, doing the other. Not very sick. So <laughs> for a start, he there was he was told you're not getting paid out. Yeah, and secondly, we're referring this on to whatever law enforcement because that's insurance fraud yeah. and that's a really serious crime yeah so your option at that point is fix it and and that's base or don't drive it and walk everywhere and pay mm-hmm. it off now the stress level at that point especially if someone says oh it's four thousand pounds if you've got a car that's quite new and it needs a new engine even if you buy a used engine and and then get someone else to fit it it's thousands and thousands of pounds so the stress level of you need to get to work. You need to fix the car. You need to find money to do all these things. Versus you drive home right now, holding the block. You own your car outright. Yeah. I say, you know, we look at it and I say, well, mate, it's beyond us because there's a hole in the engine. Yeah. This isn't like, oh, it sounds a bit tappity or all. Oh, I can see yeah. a bit of coolant leaking or we'll probably need to drain it all. And, you know, bits that you can do on a driveway on a weekend. Yeah. And sort of have a working car. Uh, uh, you would just say, okay, get rid of it. And at worst, you go and buy yourself a, a very, very cheap oh, yeah. runaround. I'd, I'd make a couple of calls, borrow a little bit of money and just get yeah. something for a couple of hundred quid. Oh, and if you couldn't, if you really couldn't, you could still get a lift to work. Yeah. And you're not, your stress level would be, I need to buy a car soon. Like, as soon as possible, I need to buy a car. But I have no one else to pay. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd share my partner's car and I've surrounded myself with the right people and the right job that I yeah. could call up and say, look, I'm going to sh- I'm gonna have to slightly shift my hours to fit in with my partner. Yeah, That's what I'm going to do for the next two or three weeks. And, and they that's... say, okay, bit annoying, but yeah, that's fine. That's part of our policy. That's... Part of the reason I work there because it's flexible. Yeah, yeah. And, because, and people you know, say, people... well, that's not realistic. Not everyone can do that. I know, but I've worked to get myself to a position. Yeah. Well, I, I might not be a banker that works in London and earns three fig- uh, six figures. I would say three but, figures. But, <laughs> I'll be lucky if I earn three figures. <laughs> but I'm happy with what I do. I'm happy with the money I earn. Yeah. And I I value more the flexibility and being able to do stuff that I want to do with life. Yeah, yeah. And not working until 10 p.m. every night, worrying about the next day. So this is what worries me a little bit with when you're talking about people buying when you bought your used car if you yeah. bought that and someone said oh you can buy it but there's a lot of functionality that you won't be able that, to use yeah that you won't be, and you're sort of like well hold on why did i buy the car like why why have i had to pay out for something it's all well and good if you lease a car and you accept i'm leasing it i'm never going to own it i want to replace it in three years i'm financially stable enough to just pay out x amount a month to have this car it has the extra yeah. stuff I want job done that's that's the position you're in fantastic you know and also, you're able to sort of think, I'm covered by warranty, I'm covered by yeah, these things, exactly. so I'm not going to be in the, the dire people, straits. People pay for that because they want the peace of mind. I don't want to have to yeah. say, I don't want to have to tear it. I don't want to be worried about not having a warranty. Or your fiance when she bought her new... Yeah, or my mum with her, uh, with her polo. Volkswagen. Yeah. So the next step, though, for me is, and you brought it up, I just do want to ask you a quick question before we mm-hmm. carry on. You know all the lawnmowers and all the sort of equipment that you use? Yeah. Because a lot of them are petrol engines or... Yeah. two-stroke, whatever else, or diesel. Mm-hmm. Do any of them have emissions controls on them? I.e. a catalytic converter. I don't think so. They no. just... I was thinking about this the other day. They're, they're, they're emission all... controlled from the factory. So that they're basically tuned to a level that is deemed acceptable for that machinery. Yeah, but the, the level but no. could be anything. 
it's yeah, just it's whatever's whatever set by the government. Sort yeah, of but it's country. a straight but, pipe essentially. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I just, I just thought about the other day. I thought we we have all this talk every day of oh, well, there needs to be more emission controls, and then I realised that there's people like Sam around countries of the world every day, and not just you for what you do, but yeah. all different types of maintenance from from the people that jet wash streets in very hot countries because they mm-hmm. get sandy, yeah, all the way down to people who have to mow grass or on to people who have to um maintain roads and whatever else all the equipment as far as i can see it just is straight piped i mean the engine can have management yeah but it... i mean some of the mowers have got the as well i sound like such a novice now but i'm <laughs> completely lost in my own thoughts we'll have the box bit on the back of the exhaust silencer like so they silence the sound yeah, but it's quite a, like what you'd get on a car, effectively. You have yeah. that sort of box chamber before the pipe that yeah, comes out the back. Right, yeah, okay, yeah. so that's not anything to do with emissions. Not I was just lost in my own head for a yeah, second. Yeah. I, was... I mean, it could be uh, sometimes... But no, you... like mowers, definitely not. Strimmers, no. no. I mean, obviously, at my current job, the only our strimmers, blowers, hedge cutters and stuff are all electric. I was going to say, this is the other side. So that's what we're moving Some are electric. But the thing is, I'll let you have your drink and carry on, <laughs> that some things aren't feasible to have as electric so for example a lawnmower at the moment with the current technology it's not feasible to have a plug-in battery because you'll get 30 40 maybe an hour's worth of cutting oh, whereas you with, couldn't fit what i do enough. is i'll go out and cut for a day yeah i'll use two tanks of fuel but it's only a small tank i'm um, yeah, just a really good point actually you couldn't fit probably a big enough battery even though you no. could recharge it fairly quickly yeah it wouldn't small. make sense for what is needed if that makes sense i wonder if the, the weight of it would just totally outweigh what would need to be done with it yeah it's a really good point if you've got a roller on the back of it as well the roller's obviously not light because the whole point of the roller is it rolls things yeah so it has to yeah (laughs) it's not it's no good making it out Um, of um you know plastic bags yeah so my other part of this conversation was we're supposed to be the reason uh, and the reason why i've said many a times if you want to go for an electric car that's great you know if that's what you want if that fits your lifestyle Mm -hmm. And also, particularly if you live in a city, because yes, the energy that has been created to power your electric car for a large swathes of the, the Western developed bits of the world, and well, I mean, I can, we can just say the whole world, yeah, is most likely been you uh, been a fossil fuel, yeah, yeah. that's that's been used. Well, and all the precious metals that have been mined yeah. by fossil but fuels. As you drive along the street, you know the people that are walking by the side of the road. Mm-hmm. You're not creating any emissions on that street. No, the only emissions they're happening, they're being, you know, in the countryside somewhere. Yeah, which it's not great for the planet as a whole, but certainly for the air quality of what you're breathing. Yeah, they they limit it down. Although Sam and I did do the episode a few podcasts ago now, where we talked about tire and yes. tires yeah, and the yeah. amount of particles that actually come off them. Oh, I meant to bring that up actually. While you've mentioned it, I'll bring it up. Mm. I was driving home the other day, um, and with my current. Fuel, econ- fuel economy style of driving. Yeah, um, I drive at just about just below sixty, probably on the dual carriageway. Yeah. So obviously, there's a lot of people passing me while I was sat. Everyone, in, yeah. in the, most people. <laughs> yeah. 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 A bus overtook me at one point. Yeah. Um, but I didn't care. Yeah, yeah. But I had my windows down because obviously I haven't got the aircon either fixed or on in my car because <laughs> I'm not spending sixty five quid to regas no, it no. and I'm not going to use it anyway. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but you would notice so bigger, older cars. So, yeah. for example, let's just say, for example, a VW Sharon. Is okay. That right? Yeah. I think so. Like a people carrier. Yeah. Or a Ford Galaxy. An yeah. old Ford Galaxy would come past. And the tire noise you'd get would be at A level. Yeah. 
and then an old polo would come past and mm-hmm. you'd get a level then a new polo would come past mm. and this happened actually an old polo went past and it was quite quiet a newer polo, polo came past made a bit more noise mm. and then a I, don't, I can't remember a larger so let's go with the ford galaxy ford galaxy came past made a reasonably louder noise probably a little bit more than the polo mm-hmm. then i had a newer electric car it was either i can't remember if it was a tesla or an ix a bmw i think it was a bmw ix actually came yep. past and it sounded like a plane was coming past yeah yeah and that's not the noise the car's making it's the, tire it's the tires yeah and then you imagine why is it making that noise because the tire has been in contact with the road and something's eroding that's what's making the noise yeah the friction is eroding friction, something yeah. And then it goes back to that podcast we talked about, about how much of that tyre is then being eroded as it comes off. Yeah. And obviously, it's, we're talking microscopic, because yeah, otherwise, your, tire, you otherwise yeah. your tyres would run out on a journey. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. at the end of the day, it, there's less on the older cars. Yeah. And it's not bashing electric cars. I know we had comments on that no. episode saying, why are you so against electric cars? It's not. It's the weight of the car. Whether it's electric, pe- petrol, run by pixies, if it <laughs> weighs two and a half tonne, yeah, I'm not bothered in. if they've got a mythical creature pedaling in the front yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. It weighs that much and that's what's coming off the car. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I mean, the, yeah. the, the so I was just interject because I was just thinking, I was thinking about that podcast as I was yeah, driving yeah. down the road. It's the, it's the thing, isn't it? The heavier you get with anything, really, the more effort. I can't think of a single thing which gets heavier and requires less effort. Not unless it's going downhill. Yeah, but then it's still got to, you know, you've <laughs> got to get using more gravity yeah. <laughs> to get down. Because yeah. there's those things people have tried to create perpetual motion machines. Yeah, yeah. Where you have like a ball and it will go down a slope mm-hmm. and then it uses the energy of going down the slope to go up a very steep slope to yeah. go back up again. Problem is that I think people can message in and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly sure because you have a friction loss within that, you don't get 100% of the energy no, cool, travelled. No, no, cool, sure. So even if it's 99%, that means that the ball will never be able to continue doing that. No, because you'll our... get to a point where it'll be, it won't have enough to get up. Yeah, yeah. this is why frictionless energy creation is, is a huge sort of stepping stone. It's why nuclear gets such a big push from one side, but at the end of the day, it's still got to spin turbines using the steam of heating it up and, yeah. and you end up with effectively nuclear waste. So mm-hmm. it's not sometimes uh well depending on your your views of that as a whole different podcast but the point being that the heavier something gets generally speaking the less efficient it is and so to me to fit optional extras to a car whether it's electric diesel petrol if you are fitting features to a car that you are then disabling to try and scrounge a bit extra money out of people yeah you are not serious about climate change and all that sort of stuff like you can say it but you are clearly not serious about it. This is why uh, I had a discussion with someone the other day about e-fuel. Yeah. And it was just a little forwards and backwards on a um, a car sort of forum thing. And I, they were very against it. They said it was greenwashing, blah, blah, blah. I said it's not because it's... I don't know if they just missed the... I think sometimes words sound a lot worse than they are. Mm-hmm. So when you say carbon sequester, people are... are they're sort of attaching that to something that is negative. Yeah. Now, carbon sequester is what a tree does. Okay. In its life, it sucks up loads of carbon. Yeah. And releases oxygen. That's what trees do. That's yeah. what's great about trees. But yeah. the problem with a tree is when you cut it down, it dies. Yeah. And it releases all the carbon that was in it, which is why I have banged on 
for the last well since I was a kid. Yeah. Why are we cutting trees down? Because it's it. If there's anything you could do in this world to really sort of stop the release of carbon, that's mind-bogglingly easy. It's to say, right, no more trees get cut down unless they are dangerous. Yeah, like you know, they've overgrown into an area where they could fall down, or or they're yeah, in. But you don't. Have, but you don't have to kill them. You can just trim them. You can trim them down, or if if it is, there's a there's a field near me that has some cows wandering around in it during the summer. Yeah, a tree clearly has fallen at some point during a great big storm. That's yeah, not, yeah. And I, I mean, I'm talking probably a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And what's funny about this tree is. It, you can see its root. It's come out of its roots have come out of the ground. Yeah, yeah. It's still alive. The whole the trunk must be a hundred feet across. Okay. But trees or branches are growing upwards on one side of it. Yeah, yeah, they will do. Yeah. So if you look at it, and you think so. Nature tried to destroy this tree, and the tree went, "Nah, I'm I'm, I'm a fighter. <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> I'm cheers." That means all the carbon that's in it is still there. Right. So okay. this is why people talk about carbon offsetting as plant trees. And what will happen is it will suck up the carbon in our atmosphere, then it will release them, but it's like a hundred year sequestration. Like they won't okay. release them until they die. And because yeah. they can last for a hundred years. Well, they last a lot more than that. Yeah. They can, yeah. yeah. But I mean, if we, if we, if we just yeah, yeah, say a hundred, yeah. and in a hundred years we've figured out completely clean global energy, it might be a bit of an optimistic statement. But if we have, mm-hmm. then you can sort of release. Yeah, we've done that because we've moved somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we've moved to Mars and then we can just sort of go, oh, well, they, they can die because. Yeah you're releasing carbon out but you're not putting other carbon in yeah exactly yeah the the odd thing that you know with e-fuel for example you could carbon sequester so you suck carbon out of the atmosphere yeah make a fuel of it and then that fuel releases that carbon back into the atmosphere yeah that's car- that's called carbon neutral that's that's carbon neutrality like it's you took stuff out but you put it straight back in as long as you don't cause carbon by creating it yeah, you're carbon neutral, and even if you do cause carbon by creating it, if you cause a small amount, it's less than you would have done by just burning oil that's come out the ground. Yeah. So, to me, that's like one of those really quick answers. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, how quickly could that be sort of put into place? Well, you probably couldn't replace petrol entirely or fuel entirely, but you could have blended fuel. Well, that's what we've we've been a bad, big advocate of that, haven't we? Is, yeah, blending fuel. I mean, we, well, e-fuels. Is looking in into e-fuels, yeah. yeah. Because at the end of the day, the world runs off combustion engines. If you ate anything today, I can almost guarantee you a combustion engine has either dug it out of the ground or was in the tractor that planted yeah. it or was in the truck that delivered it or was in the van that moved it. You know, it, or, yeah, you know it, there was a combustion engine involved. Yeah, precisely. Now, that doesn't mean in any way I'm against someone saying, I really want to buy an electric Mini, for example. Like, great, buy an electric Mini awesome like go and enjoy it and especially if you live in the city yeah you know we shouldn't all switch in my mind i think it should be a mix because that way some people can say oh actually we don't have the infrastructure we've said it so many times and everyone says well it'll get better but we don't have the infrastructure for everyone to buy an electric car and also we're not at a point and also what makes the electricity well that's what i get that's what i think people are sort of it's something that's swept under the carpet and it doesn't have to be you don't have to be one side of the fence no no you don't have to argue with the people that are on the other side of the fence yeah. either it, it seems to be that everyone's i am either fossil fuels or electricity and if you're in the other camp you're a moron and i hate yeah yeah you're you're but wrong for this you, reason you can yeah. say well look i agree electric cars great idea 
But mm-hmm. at the moment, we're using fossil fuels to make the electricity to run your electric car, and we're using fossil fuels to make the electric car. So it, you can't walk around saying, I'm holier than thou. Mm. But you can say, look, I'm doing what I can personally. I'm not saying to you, go and make your own electric car using no, no fossil fuels and make your own electricity using no fossil fuels to run your car. No. it's just Otherwise, you can't own one. Yeah, it, it wouldn't but make... also, don't batter me for driving a petrol car. Yeah. I think, and, and both of you could look at answers for each other. Like, of this course. Is, the worst thing is... E-fuels. Yeah, <laughs> but it would. Can you imagine if people who really liked EVs were trying to find the answer for people who wanted combustion engines? Yeah. And the people who want combustion engines were trying to find the answer for EVs. And then, they, then we'd solve the problem. Yeah, because if they did it with in, in the right, you know, they, they didn't do it negatively, as in they were trying to find a problem. Yeah. If you actually said, look, I respect the fact that you really want to enjoy driving, you know, Tesla, BMW i4, Mercedes EQX, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to really enjoy driving that because that's the way you, you enjoy driving a car. I, I don't mind if I'm a bit slower. I don't mind if it's mechanical. I don't mind if it breaks down or has parts. Yeah, that will, because that's just what I enjoy. That's what I enjoy. But also, um, I'm very aware, and this is comes up to a news story, which we'll talk about in just a second, that if everyone went into this with good faith, I think is the key point yeah and said you find the answer for this we'll find the answer for this then what we wouldn't have is the current threat and the current threat is that this to me is a colossal number and it's so overlooked and i think not just because i work in an aspect of the motor industry mm-hmm. and not because sam and i do the podcast or we have the youtube thing or we have our website like, not because of anything sam and i do or that sam works with machinery all day yeah. long not for any of those reasons am i saying this i'm saying this because I'm not sure where the replacement comes in. And that's that the amount of jobs that are supported by the current generation of cars, yeah. combustion engines, and everything that goes with them, the amount of that workforce that will remain, yeah. if we were to switch everything currently to EV, is 20%. Which is... It's mind-boggling yeah. that you would lose 80% of the workforce. But they don't need them because that is how good... An electric car can be from a production standpoint. Yeah. They have their one moving part, they have their motor, basically, and they have a big battery. Yeah. And the complexity is completely gone. And, you know, they, they don't use brakes as much because they're regenerating, all these sorts of things. This is why when Sam and I talked about plug in hybrids, and we said that seems like a really good answer. Yeah. Like if you could do your daily commute on some electricity, but still have all the convenience of your petrol engine. But when you want to go somewhere that's longer. Yeah. Or you got home, your partner was charging. Yeah. So you parked out the front, then you went and watched TV and had dinner, and then were a bit tired and went to bed. Yeah. And forgot to plug in. You, you don't can... have to wake up and go, ah, day off. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can go, oh, well, I'll just drive it on petrol today. And, yeah. You know, or, or an e fuel. Yeah. Can you imagine if you could have a plug in that was able to run off electricity that was being sourced more and more greenly, mm-hmm. and you were using a blended e fuel? So the pollution you were causing when you were running on the engine was greatly yeah. reduced. I mean, just that to me... The, the way we get electricity is that I think that also needs to be something that people focus on. Mm. Let's move more towards solar, wind. Yeah, yeah. Well, hydro. That's, that's the crazy thing is that we have moved, like it's particularly in the UK um, and in Germany they have as well. Across Europe, there's a real push for it. The problem is the answers to me, like I, I don't like the idea, and I know people will find this very odd i don't like the idea of closing any old school power plant that was proven to work completely 
So no, I wanted no. to cement over a coal plant that was right. generating power, like, as in shut it down so it could never be used and cement it over. Why? Because environmentalists said that way it can't be used and that's better. But then what a waste of electricity and everything else, all the fossil fuels that we use to lay the concrete. Uh, well, that's a big issue, Sam. And also creating the cement to make the concrete. But it's, the it's... other thing that goes with it is if we ever have a great hurricane yeah. roll through, if we ever have something that uses up a load of energy or, you know, touch wood, we'd never want it, but we, we there's a war going on in, in a small part, well, in a corner of Europe right now. So if something like that ever happened again and the power was being threatened... Surely you would want to be able to say, right, this isn't great for the environment, but we need electricity because we want to be able to still do surgeries. You know, we still want to be yeah, able yeah. to get life working to some extent. Reduced, but at least we can keep, you know, things turning. I know there's an issue with the Hoover Dam. You know, the Hoover Dam provides electricity for Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Which is why Las Vegas, incredibly, for all those lights they have on and everything else, it's a very clean city, apart from the fact of all the cars. Yeah. And the planes and all the other stuff. That's actually what's causing the pollution. But the Hoover Dam has been running drier recently. It's it's still got a lot of water in it, but mm-hmm. they it's an incredible way they manage all the water. I'm not going to go into it, but you can't just you shut down. Back, you have a backup. Yeah, you need a backup. Otherwise like, you do just shut down Vegas. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So to me, that's why I think, um, yeah, using some blended fuel, it keeps jobs as well. And I, and I know people, a lot of people say, well, you can lose jobs and move them to other industries. And it's like, yeah, well paid though. You know, like exactly a, like yeah. an engineer at the moment that's currently working on the latest diesel engine technology that could possibly run off a man-made diesel, which Audi had 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. What job are they being replaced? Like what's their next job? Now it could be something fantastic that no one's thought of. So it was just a point on that. I know we started off with subscriptions. I don't like the idea of subscriptions for features, A, because I think you're just squeezing money a little bit. Yeah. But secondly, if your argument is we're trying to be as efficient as possible and as green as possible and we're for the planet, and then you fit things to cars, which you have to produce, build, and then add to the weight, and then deliberately make them unable to function unless you are paid, you are not serious about the planet. Like You're not. Because you've just created a lot of waste. For example, let's say someone buys... You can buy uh, E46 uh, BMWs, mm-hmm. the, the coupe shape that I had. Yeah. Uh, you could buy those with leather seats without heated seats. Yeah. So some people just said, I don't want heated seats. And so they didn't tick the option. So some people will buy a used BMW with the button for a heated seat and go, well, I don't want to use it. Yeah. So exactly. going to drive around... All of their mileage carrying around the system to run, and I, and I know I'm picking a very small part of the car, but it's what well, you know, slippery slope, isn't it? It'll be the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. So you're carrying around the weight of all the equipment to never use it. Yeah, that's like saying me saying, Sam, oh Sam, have you got your lawnmower in the back of the car? And you're like, well, no, I don't carry it around with me everywhere. I generally leave it where I yeah. have work. You know, that, and I, oh, that's a bit mad, isn't it? You what? should carry it around all the time. What about if you suddenly need to spontaneously doing work where you are? Yeah, exactly. I'd be wasting a lot of fuel carrying around a mm-hmm. massive, you know. So, yeah, that's that one. Um, Ford have geofenced in the US their autopilot system. So you can use them on certain highways that they've actually mapped out. Yeah. It's not a free world environment. It's a bit like, okay, this bit here, we've mapped it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
I, I just wonder what people are doing. Like, if I'm driving, yeah, say I'm driving on a straight road, what you can play on your phone. Yeah. I mean, if like if you can have something take over, you can play on your phone. Otherwise, you are still having to be in the car, sat in the seat. Yeah. So, you know, you can watch YouTube videos, I suppose. But why? I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? I I quite like the idea that we spend a lot of time today staring at screens. Yeah. After, you know, people it's get nice up and look out the window. Just to look out a window and let your mind just sort of drift. You can listen to some music that you like. Mm-hmm. Listen to our podcast. Yep. You know. I just, I don't know, I'm probably weird, because I quite like, if I know I've got a two-hour drive coming up, I'll download a couple of podcasts. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And listen to them and stare out the window. And but just... it needs to be 100% safe before people are allowed to go into it. And Absolutely. Not, and not have someone in control. I don't know, and also, I don't know how many people are comfortable being in a vehicle at high speed, not paying that much attention. No, I get be. it if you're kind of, you know, sometimes people can zone out a little bit. So I mm-hmm. get that there's there's an advantage to having some safety systems so yeah. that, you know, something suddenly happens. I've, I saw, so I think I told you this on the podcast, where a, cr- a car crash happened ahead of me on the M1. Yeah. And there was someone in, like, a little Corsa. They were 50 yards behind the crash, avoided the first bit, and then just drove off the road. <laughs> As in, like, they just kept driving left, and off the road they went, and yeah. I, down into a ditch. And I was like... They had successfully manoeuvred their way, got their speed down, and then it was almost like they thought, oh, actually, I want to be part of this. Yeah, they're probably just looking at the accident as yeah, they drove I d- past it. Just something really... I'd say they, they'd avoided the first bit. They were sort of home straight and clear because I, I was close enough to think I need to get out of this lane and slow down, but I'm, I'm not at risk of hitting them, mm-hmm. but I need to be really over. Yeah. And they didn't have that amount of time, but they've managed to react quick enough, slow themselves down, go right, and then just oddly, I think they were just zoned out, so they reacted and then didn't know how to, yeah. you know, get themselves back into the focus. So, anyway, so Volkswagen ha- are shifting to a new CEO. Mm-hmm. So they've had Herbert Dice, is it yeah. Dice or Dice? Neither of us know. Great, well, <laughs> he can get in contact and let us know. Yeah. <laughs> he apparently is really pro EV. And yeah. he's been sort of leading this charge of Volkswagen. Now, we know there's a bit of an issue. If you think, name me the things you know about Germany. Like, what do Germans produce apart from sausages? Cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a big part of their their economy. They recently had a bit of a, uh, a bit of a scandal where there was a politician. He promised he was going to keep combustion engines. It was on the back of e-fuels. He then went to the EU parliament where he got played. As in, someone in the EU rewrote what he had written, mm-hmm. and he thought, yes, that's what I wanted. So that means combustion engines that run off e-fuels can continue to be made in perpetuity. Yeah. And what it actually was, was a what they were going to pass anyway, which is what I think I've spoke about before. You know how Ferrari, Lamborghini, yeah, McLaren, yeah, yeah. they need a way around to keep attracting customers in yeah. 20 years. Uh, they're going to be like a limited production. If you make less than a thousand cars, yeah, then you're okay. You can make e-fuel-powered combustion engines, and they basically just rubber stamp that. Oh, okay. And he thought he was getting the guarantee of we're not going to ban them in the EU in 2035. Yeah. So he could go back to his base, which are predominantly people working in the manufacture of cars who mm-hmm. are worried for their jobs. Yeah. And say I've done you a solid, and uh, 
turned out the opposite. Quick. Yeah, the, well, <laughs> yeah. the media had caught wind of it before he even landed back. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what Volkswagen now do because they've been leading this charge. And is it Oliver Bloom? Or I want to say Orlando Bloom, but that's no, a, it's not Orlando Bloom. That's an actor. Uh, my notes are terrible here, Sam. Well, that's no surprise to anyone, is it really? I think it's Oliver Bloom is his replacement. Now, he was at Porsche previously, and we know that Porsche have been quite serious about e-fuels. As it, I think it's Peru. It is Oliver. It is Oliver. They have a, a plant over in Peru that is using, I think it's using wind energy, right. and then it's using either carbon sequester or hydrogen to create e-fuel, and then basically shipping it like you do oil. Okay. So that the only real part, the only real problem is, is that it's shipped, and which yeah. uses a lot of oil on its way to, to transport it but um i just wonder if they'll take a little bit of a different shift now if they've got him yeah that'd be I interesting don't th- to see I, I th- some people reacted very strongly as if this guy was suddenly going to cancel every ev project volkswagen <laughs> they're never doing that i i would be amazed if at least 50 percent of all new cars within the next 10 years are not electric i'd be amazed yeah. If it's not at least fifty percent, and I, I say that, I know some people say, "Well, in my country, wherever I live, like in the UK, it's got to be." Yeah, well, you don't make up that number of much number of people because China and India alone yeah. is two billion people. So it's ne- you know, adding a few other parts of the world, and you've got nearly half the population. Of yeah, the world. exactly. <laughs> and unless they're doing it, then it doesn't matter what yeah. you're doing. <laughs> and the US, I don't think, will ever bring in no, no, um, a ban on it. So the 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 bigger question is to what effort Volkswagen will now look to sort of shift a little bit of focus and whether we'll start to see... We talked about Volvo previously came out with a study of pollution, EV versus combustion, and they sort of said, you know, it takes about thirty to 70,000 miles to even it out. Yeah. Then with recycling and everything else, and, you know, they it, it wasn't quite as clean as some people would have hoped. Yeah. Um. And as I said, it's great for that city driving aspect. You drive down that that busy city street, you're not pumping out anything into the air. Yeah, then that's that's when it works. That's when it really does have its plus. The the trouble is that really outside of, you know, London, New York, you know, Los Angeles, Berlin, you know, really sort of densely populated mm-hmm. cities, probably not. I don't want I don't want to play it down because then you get People say you're playing. I'm not, I'm not trying to play it down. I'm just going to say, look, we need a optimal energy option. So I just wondered. I'd be very interested to see what his take on this will be. Yeah. I don't think any Porsche, Volkswagen, Audi current electric project is going to be cancelled. I think that would be insanity from them. They would never yeah, do course. that. But whether he will start to say he wants to slow down some of the transition, because at the minute. Volkswagen is still a lot more expensive to buy an electric car yeah. than their equivalent petrol or diesel. Mm-hmm. And I know this because I was doing a, uh, an article on electric vans and I thought I need to, I need to show this to Sam at some point. I'll, I won't show you today, Sam. So I'll show you on the next podcast. Yeah. The extra cost, like I was putting the prices on as an update. Yeah. And just in the last year or so, they've gone up like 20%. <laughs> I'm like these are like a, a, a uh, what's it a Mercedes Vito yeah fifty grand <laughs> I'm like oh, I know it's cheaper to run but 
Oh, it's not cheap. Pretty to buy, thick yeah. on the, the the top end. So, anyway, that is our show, Sam. That's our news. Well, we've got done. we've got the news. <laughs> we've got the news. Yeah, and as I say, just just be interesting. I think we'll keep an eye on the Volkswagen story. Yeah, definitely. Um, and if if we hear anything, I th- I think the main difference is going to be that I think the enthusiast market is going to keep some of its options open. Good. Which previously was being were being closed, and yeah. I think that's important. And I think that if that provides jobs, if it provides people with the enjoyment factor they want from cars, yeah, then it's a win-win. And and ultimately, also, it it allows for this transition, whatever which, which way we go. I, us Toyota and some of the Korean manufacturers, they're putting their money more towards hydrogen. Good. That's what we want. We, want. we champion on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. The odd thing for me is, and just as a final pointer, mm-hmm. I cannot think of a single thing, and I'm, I'm sure there is one, where someone has said, oh, it'd be better if we had less options. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, surely the best answer to anything is the maximum number of options. Yeah. Like, you imagine you walk into a sweet shop and someone says, right, we're bonbons. Only... Yeah, that's all we sell, bonbons. That's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. I was looking for those little fried egg sweets. Yeah, or you know, oh, 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 those little mice that are yeah. white chocolate. Something like yeah. that, you know, a cable, or yeah. chewy, or you know, something sour. Or... Yeah, no, we, we did a survey, and people said it'd be better if we only had one. We did a survey of people having bonbons, and they said they only care about they only bonbons. Want... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, to me, I think it'd be great if we just had loads of manufacturers all coming up with different answers. You get them all sort of entering the market, no one area gets particularly stressed. And then a bit like Blu-ray and HD DVDs. Yes. Yeah. The, the one that ultimately is better for the consumer wins. Wins, yeah. That's, that's the better way to go. So that's our podcast, Sam. Um, again, just to remind everyone, this will be the first time you do, we do this, but this will be for our rest of our summer. It's Tuesdays that you'll get your podcast from us. We'll Sam, just summer. summer of Sam. There we go. Summer of Sam. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. And, uh, yeah, unless you've got anything else to add, Sam? Uh, no, I've written some stuff down for the next one. Well, that was enough. He's teasing you all. I He's have. teasing you. Do you, to want do, to tell, do you want to give them any idea? To do with your... emissions and stuff. Okay. And how much emissions we use on just one particular site. And then how obviously that's really magnified for, your... for one particular job that this, I've done this week. So. This would be interesting, actually. Yeah, but we'll do it next week. Yeah, so. yeah, no, definitely. But, yeah, just interesting to have yeah. a bit of insight. Like, yeah. Because you do it all day long. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. And this is just one particular part of what a very do. small yeah. part of the job. So. Thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, have a great week. Yep, see you soon.